You're entering the chat connection. Thank you all for your continued support, feedback, and offline conversations. I mean, you guys especially showed me a lot of love last week and sent some great energy my way, which is always appreciated. You know, especially in times like these, because while I live alone, it didn't feel like I was alone. And for that, I am thankful. Um, Like, you don't understand. I mean, it definitely ignited several offline conversations, which some of you had your own confessions on family secrets or I guess I should say the delayed version of the truth if you will when it comes to uh, family dynamics which again just makes me feel a little closer each time I publish one of these episodes and I'm hoping this week will be no different so for my new followers welcome aboard hopefully you won't be joining the people in the back (laughs) because trust and believe I will have some seats warming up for you, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, just this week, I had to block somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy to announce that I made it onto the iHeartRadio platform, which is just simply amazing. So continue to subscribe and leave your feedback. Follow my IG page at The Chat Connection. But most importantly, you know, continue these discussions with your circle so that we can collectively help close the gap one conversation at a time time. And yeah, as I briefly mentioned in last week's episode regarding adoption, my dad, at least from what I could remember from middle school and onwards, he was always curious about finding his siblings, um, his dad, and just family in general, especially when the commercials of Ancestry or whatever it was called at the time would come on. And honestly, I don't even know the details, but he actually did find one of his brothers who I do remember coming to visit us from New York ultimately encouraged him to keep searching like even on Facebook but unfortunately that's kind of the furthest I heard of that story because the truth of the matter is like people don't like talking about it like there's so many roadblocks and um, misconceptions when it comes to adoption um, and in some aspects there are politics involved um, others have guilt or shame or like those who've never been in the system or if you've never had family or friends that have been in the adoption process like simply learn it from TV shows or some crazy Lifetime movie. So in today's episode, I'm going to join a conversation with a wonderful mother who has been in the adoption process and I'm hoping that her story can prompt or at least encourage open discussions about adoption. Like no matter what side of the fence you fall on or the very least debunk some misconceptions. So hi, thank you 
thank you again for joining the show. It's a shame that, you know, there are still misconceptions and stigma around adoptions, whether you're the one that's adopting or have been adopted or placed a child for adoption, which is why I chose to talk about it today. So before we start, if you could kindly give us your name and where we can show you some love. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Um, I am Courtney Tierra, um, and you can find me at CourtneyTierra.com or on Instagram and the Twitters. Mm. Um, I'm, at, <laughs> I'm at the Worthy Reminders. Ooh, strong, Ooh. lovely name. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Courtney, again, you know, thank you for joining. As there are different sides, like I mentioned, of adoption, could you let the people know, like, what side of the fence of adoption were you on as it relates to adoption? Yeah, so um, adoption is basically a triangle. Yep. Um, the birth child, the adoptive parents, and the birth parents, and I am a birth mom, which means that I placed my child for adoption. Yay. And I'm glad I know, I don't say I know all the lingo now, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad, you know, placing your child, you know, not giving away your child, placing your child. My son is not a piece of trash. I didn't toss him in the trash. I didn't give him away. I made an adoption plan um, to make sure he went into a healthy and happy home. Yeah. And can you just let us know a little bit about your story? Like, yeah. So I'm going to do the short version because I, I know we have a time I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you know, I, I made some bad decisions. Um, I didn't have the highest self-worth when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And my senior year of high school um, found myself pregnant. Oops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> hey, that's, the, uh, and that's late to some people look, again. This is look, a different time we live in. <laughs> And, um, you know, the term, they have a term now called ghosting. I really think it originated with me. I'm done. Uh, So, (laughs) look, when I told my son's father I was pregnant, he hung up on me. He changed. I mean, that's not funny, but. Look, he changed his pager number. He changed his phone number. And I I gave him a week because, you know, I was like, this is a lot of information. I get it. I get it. It's scary. So I gave him a week and showed up at his house and he had moved. Uh, Like, uh, uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, um, oh, that that's ghosting to another level. (laughs) Ghosting was created for 17 year old me. But, um, so needless to say, you know, the father was not going to be in the picture. Um, I did not have the best home life, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I knew you know, it's senior year of high school. I know I want yeah. to go to college. I know I want to create a life. And, you know, I'm working part-time jobs. That's not enough. Like, I love this child growing inside me, but love yeah. doesn't buy diapers. Love <laughs> yeah. doesn't pay for shelter. Pay for, yeah. And so, um, back then there was no Google, so I had to get into yellow pages. <laughs> I know uh-huh. you mentioned the, ba- <laughs> your, the beeper, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there was no Google. Yeah, I had to get into the yellow pages. Just found an adoption agency. I had tons of questions because, you know, society as a whole doesn't really talk about adoption, but specifically the black community, like, no. Yeah. So I literally had to talk to my my own dad was (laughs) adopted, and I didn't find this out to my adults. We don't talk about it. So 
I had to ask my caseworkers like hours of questions because all we knew is a lifetime movie. Somebody snatches the baby, <laughs> yes. you never see it, never yeah. hear from it again. You know, <laughs> so I literally had to sit for hours talking to her. And after talking to her, I was like, yep, this this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, he just turned 20. Oh, uh, 20 years weekend. old, a grown man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's been a minute, right? <laughs> yes. Grown so, man. Um, so, yeah, that's the brief version of the story. And in the process, I know you said you, you know, went to the Yellow Pages, but however you found the, I, the agency, <laughs> like yeah. what? I mean, I know you talked about the what, but like, I guess like, when did you decide to pursue the path of placing your child of adoption to the actual parents that he ended up going to? So, yeah, I mean, every woman has three options you know, straight off the bat. And I knew that two of them were not going to happen for me in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that adoption was the only option I felt. Um, When I was talking to the caseworker, I found out that there are three different types of adoption. Mm. Closed, which is what everybody hears about, the Lifetime movie. You don't talk about it. Nobody knows. You do. You hide away in shame. Then there's something called open, where... You see the child, you go and spend vacations with the family, you write and send letters and all that fun stuff. And open is much more acceptable now, mm-hmm. but back in 99, 2000, <laughs> semi-open um, was the way to go, which is basically I got to send my son and his family letters a couple of times a year. Hmm. And then when they wanted to, they could send me letters in return. So it's not, I'm not spending time physically with him, but I can still keep the lines of communication open. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's interesting. And that I, I'm happy to know that actually, mm-hmm. because yeah. you still have a relationship or, so you know. The way it works is when the child turns 18, they make the decision whether or not to have a relationship. Gotcha. So for his first, first 18 years, it was communication basically more or less with his mom not to say that his dad you know didn't care anything it's just Mm -hmm. he's the one that wrote letters and as the times grew eventually it was emails um and then when he turned 18 she was like I'm ready for our relationship to change here's my phone number so now his mom and I text as Mm. well as um you know email and I send like mother's and father's day cards to them and birthday cards to my son my son um has not made the decision whether or not he wants a relationship with me which is fine yeah I made a huge decision on his life he certainly should be allowed to make you know the final decision (laughs) now that he's an adult so um so for the time being it'll be you know contact with his mom and you know hopefully one day I'll be able to see him again yeah I'm yeah. glad you even talked about like open and close because like you said, those Lifetime movies, mm. I think <laughs> even uh, placing someone for adoption, it makes it feel like, you know, the birth mother will come back and try to reclaim them, you know. Right. So I'm glad that you made that statement that, you know, yeah. it, it's it's also his decision as well, like after 18 to yeah if he exactly. wants to extend that relationship exactly and you know it's it's a respect thing yeah you know the entire triangle the birth child the birth parents and the adoptive parents it there has to be a respect level yeah. to make it work yeah. well how was your family you know like how did they respond or how was your circle in that process so um i was living with a single parent mm-hmm. and that parent um i actually oh lord there are layers to this so <laughs> 
I actually hid my pregnancy, um, one, because it was embarrassing and scary, mm-hmm. but two, because the parent that raised me, I knew that they would make me get an abortion, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't, I, I did not want to do that, so I didn't tell them till I was after, uh, what, more than six months along when I started to show, uh-huh. they still took me to an abortion clinic, and they were oh. like, um, <laughs> 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 So yeah, so um, the the parent that raised me was definitely against it because yeah. once again, you know, in the black community, my my blood's not gonna be out there. I'm not gonna have strangers raising, you know, my blood. So they uh, they were definitely not on board uh, yeah. with my decision. Um, and a lot of the response from strangers and people that I knew again is from ignorance and not knowing about adoption um I the friends that I told they were very supportive Mm -hmm. um but like I I was working and of course eventually you start showing and a woman approaches me stranger she's like oh my goodness what are you naming the child and blah blah and I was like oh actually I'm placing the child for adoption Mm -hmm. she looked dead in my eye and said you're going to hell wow Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, you know, and once again, I think that just comes from not knowing and not, you know, sharing empathy. She was just like, my grandchild was pregnant at 15 and we helped her. Well, I'm wow. glad you that help. Uh, yeah. I so. <laughs> like, are we at the same? Like, what does that have to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, you gonna pay for daycare? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you chose that route. Um, yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. It, it's just, to me, it's weird. Or just the misconception of people mm-hmm. feeling like, even that statement alone, like, oh, you're going to hell because you placed your child in adoption. Like they will, you know, rather you go to abort the child versus placing the child yeah. for adoption. It's really interesting how people view uh it's just, it's a society thing because it's not talked about. People don't understand it. And so their automatic thought is fear, anger, dismissiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what are some other misconceptions or myths that you find um, when you talk about it that people go straight to? They think, oh my goodness, the number one thing is they think we got paid and I sold my baby. Oh, um, wow. Like, like <laughs> no, there, there was no money exchange. Changed. Um, mm. That's trafficking of humans. <laughs> <laughs> so no, um, you use either your insurance or you use Medicaid or you get on the birth parents insurance. But mm-hmm. there is no money exchange there. Some birth moms get get gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when I met his parents for the first time, they brought me a Bath and Body Works basket. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, but like people legitimately are like, did you get a hundred grand? Oh, wow. So yeah, that's the biggest misconception. Um, The other thing is that people feel like birth moms should feel embarrassed and shamed Mm. for it. And absolutely not. Like it's one of the, proudest moments of my life to have chosen this route and to see him grow up happy and healthy and loved in a way that I know I couldn't have given him like there's no shame in anything I will shout it out to the rooftops I'll tell strangers yeah I'll tell anybody because you know it's a pride you know it's a 
proud moment, not a shameful, oh my goodness, this is a secret I have to keep for the rest of my life. I had a 78-year-old woman approach me. She heard my story and she's like, nobody in my family knows that I gave birth 60 years ago. Wow. Wait, what? Wow. You know, so... um yeah, those are the biggest things that we got paid and that we should be shamed. I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it. Um, it definitely needs yeah. to be talked about. I hope, you know, more women are brave enough to talk about it. Um, in your case, <laughs> the guy went, you know, goes, he went Casper on <laughs> Because uh, I was going to ask, you know, did he have to be involved in that process? But never mind. <laughs> well, so yes, technically. So every state has different laws. Mm-hmm. In the state of Georgia, both the mother and the father do have to relinquish parental rights. However, in my case, or in cases like mine, where the father is nowhere to be found, <laughs> what the um, adoption agencies have to do is they hire a private investigator to find the person. If they still cannot find the person, um, you have to put an ad in a paper, um, in like a local paper, mm-hmm. and basically says, John Doe, your child is going to be placed for adoption and your parental rights relinquished. Please contact oh, wow. you know, judge so-and-so by this date. If you do not contact by this date, then your parental rights are relinquished. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not, it's not that he didn't have a choice. I mean, yeah. like he, you know, he literally disappeared. <laughs> um, and so the I'm court gives it a few months. Yeah. Right now. yeah. So, um, so yeah, in the state of Georgia, parental rights have to be given, you know, relinquished from both parties and they do what the state of Georgia does what they can. And if not, then it happens anyway. Yeah. And I'm, uh, and the way that you're speaking about it, it does, like, you know, you mentioned before, like, I just feel the proudness, you know, coming from yes. you. <laughs> um, like, how did you decide, like, on the family that gets him? Like, was so, there more than one? Like, did you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the best way, but this is how it went. So... <laughs> don't say he didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the adoption agency, I think it's a little bit different now, but back then what they did is they had notebooks. So the caseworker asked me as the birth mom, what kind of parents are you looking for? Hmm. And I remember thinking, you know, adventurous, smart, attractive, um, financially stable. You know, I remember thinking, you know, saying all these things. And so what they do is they give us these notebooks. The notebooks are basically letters from the birth parents with photos. Hmm. The letters are saying, hey, we're so-and-so. This is what my husband does. This is what I do. This is why we want to adopt. Here's pictures of our family. Here's pictures of our home. Here's pictures of the baby's room. Like, it's just literally getting to know the birth families in a, in a visual way. Mm -hmm. And so the agency gave me like three or four notebooks and I'm looking through and I'm like, "Eh, eh." and then, so let me tell you back in high school, I had a thing about stuffed animals. I had them all over my room. Look, girl. (laughs) I'm in in the yearbook with my stuffed animal page. (laughs) And so I get to this notebook and I open it up and there is stationery with the letter on it. And the border of the stationery were teddy bears. And I was like, that's it. (laughs) This, them, them. Um, And then I read it and I was like, yep, 
uh, confirm. Okay, good. <laughs> so, you know, the teddy bears, you know, caught my attention. Yeah. But the rest of their information, I was like, yeah, that, that's that was your sign. Like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you chose well because I know, they're <laughs> amazing. 20 years. So. <laughs> No, oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, if if your son decides to take that step, what is one thing that you would want him to know? That it had nothing to do, like, it's not that I didn't love him. Mm-hmm. It's because I loved him as to yeah. why I did it, yeah. you know? Because um, I, I know that adoptees sometimes have this feeling of being less than, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My parent didn't want me. And so I actually kept a journal during my pregnancy that I gave to him his mom and she gave to him on his 18th birthday um basically you know it it chronicled my entire pregnancy but yeah like I just the very first thing I want him to know is I did it because I love him so much and I didn't want him to struggle the way that I was struggling yeah and what has this whole experience taught you oh man so many lessons uh one to trust my gut Mm, um Two, to believe in myself more. Um, you know, my my self-worth was trash back in high school. <laughs> um, and so over the years, I've learned how strong I am, how capable I am. Um, so this journey has, has taught me to, to know my worth. And this journey has just taught me that, you know, sometimes you have to love people. Sometimes the love that you have for others is more than the love that you have for yourself. You know, mm. like, I love this little boy. Like, yeah. I literally had to make something of myself because I was like, the day that he wants to see me, I need to be able to jump on a plane, no matter the cost, mm. jump on a train, dr- jump on a boat to go see. Wherever, you know, yeah. Exactly. And so I had to then push myself to make myself successful so that it isn't, oh, you want to meet me? I only got $2 in the bank. Uh, <laughs> like, dang, mama, I gave you, you 20 right. years to get right. it together. So, so yeah, um, I... He pushed me, even though he wasn't with me. He pushed me. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, Obviously, you know, um, this conversation, unfortunately, (laughs) won't stop all this, you know, stigmas and stuff. Like before we uh, come to a close, like, why is it so important for you to share your story? Well, the very first reason is because it's healing for me. when you hold things in, at least for me, it ends up eating away at myself. Like, no, I don't have time for that. I'm yeah. trying to be a whole person. <laughs> um, um, but the other reason I want to share it is to get rid of that stigma. Yeah. Um, people shouldn't feel shame. It's a beautiful thing. No matter what you decide for your life, you own it and you stand up for it. Yes. Um, and so, and <laughs> there's a lot of people like, black folks adopt? Yeah. Yes. I'm like, yes, yes. 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 And so, you know, I go to um, birth mom events. Mm. Nine times out of 10, I am the only person of color. Um, And so, you know, to be able to say, hey, we do it too. Come ask me questions. Um, Several of the local adoption agencies have my number and email. And when they get 
scared little black girls, yeah. they know that they can give my information away and they that that little girl or young woman can call me and say, what was it like? Because it wasn't easy, you know? Lord yeah. knows there were days I was crying and sobbing or whatnot, but um, I just want to be a resource and a help for those that have questions or, you know, want to know what it's really like. Because once again, we don't talk about it. Yeah, we don't. That's mm. true. We don't. We don't talk about a lot of things in, the, in our community. It's a no. shame. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you are one of the brave ones that are willing to talk about it because, yeah, yeah, it definitely makes a difference. So thank you so much again, Courtney. Like, if there's anything else that you feel that we need to know, hint, hint. <laughs> Just, you know, let us know, girl. Let us well, know. Well, I'm going to take that segue. <laughs> yes. I'm like, come on, girl. You, I'm going to take that little segue. So, as I mentioned before, um, work is, is a big thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an adult educator. And so, one day I was talking to my students, and I was like, you guys know you're worthy, right? And they're like, huh? No? What you talking about? And I realized, you know, I had made bad decisions in my life due to not knowing my worth. And talking to these adults, 20 to 40 years old, nobody had ever told them that they were worthy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hold up. Yeah. You know, there has to be other people out here that don't know their worth, making really bad decisions, um, losing opportunities. And so I wrote a children's book um, back in March. Like, look, COVID hit, and I was like, well, I got to do something (laughs) with myself. So... (laughs) I spent a weekend and wrote and and illustrated a children's book, and I published it on Juneteenth. Yes, um, it's called so many Worthy. significant. <laughs> look, look, so it's many significant. Called, um, Worthy, a book for kids of all ages. There's an ebook version available as well as a paperback. Um, so I would love it if you check it out. Once again, um, CourtneyTierra.com. You can find a link to purchase there, or you can follow me at the Worthy Reminders Instagram and Twitter, and there are links there as well. Yeah, and I have personally read it, and I I love it, especially <laughs> for you know so in this time, everybody needs to know they're worthy. So when it says yes. in all ages, I am a child. When they say you're not a child, I'm a child of God. Okay, so and I'm that's a child. Why I said of- ages, you know, it's, it's, you know, simple enough for a parent reading it for their child, but the words are still relatable to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the, oh, I don't want to give the book away, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll take this part. (laughs) You know, you can write in. I I just, I love it. I love it. Everyone go out and support and get you a copy of Worthy, Know Your Worth, and yeah, we all are worthy. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Oh, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, for my listeners, if you have thoughts on what you want discussed or featured, then please feel free to send an email to thechatconnection at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on IG at thechatconnection, all one word. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to The Chat Connection on several podcast platforms. Stay blessed and forget the rest. You gotta get both cheeks, so that's considered rude, okay? Cheers!